All right, Baldy, I want to switch gears. It's Carl Dukes. Put him up, my man Brian Baldinger. Baldy, and uh, we are here within the huddle. Again, Jason Lockhart for a part of this podcast as well, guys. Uh, and like us. Make sure you subscribe. I want to talk about third-year running back Bijan Robinson out of Texas who played 31 games. He made 28 starts. He was the Doak Walker Award winner, which goes to the best running back in the country. He rushed. Uh, he's the fourth all-time leading rusher in Longhorn history, which, again, think about all the backs. Ricky Williams, the great Earl Campbell. I mean, he did some things while Pretty he was cool. in Texas. Yes, exactly. The priest was my dude. I played against the priests in high school. Yes. And I can start uh, ripping them off here, Carl. A ton of guys, right? So here's the deal. Bijan, and I'm just going to tell you guys, I'm going to read this to you as is. So I don't want you guys thinking I'm making this up because I've been saying this, Baldy, for, I don't know, two months maybe, maybe a month and a half. And I've been saying he is a top five or six overall talent in this draft. Mm -hmm. So Bryce Young, because quarterback is quarterback. Will Anderson, okay, we're just talking about overall how he's looked at in this draft and from an athletic standpoint and where what kind of, you know, not, not running back, not position. C.J. Stroud, Jalen Carter, Peter Skaransky, Miles yeah, Murphy, Bijan Robinson. He's a top six or seven, maybe top five guy overall. So what are teams going to do with this, Baldy? Is he going to be one of these running? Is he going to be Saquon Barkley from 2018 who goes in the top five or top ten? I don't think so. And it's not a knock on Bijan. I mean, there's plenty of games out there where you go, okay, Bijan, like, he doesn't look like a top five pick. If you go watch him against TCU, you watch him against Baylor, he doesn't look like that. Now, he put up great numbers over a period of time. But, Carl, look, I just, like, I hear these phrases like generational talent, meaning you can't pass them up. Right. Like, I hear that phrase a lot with Bijan. And I'm, I'm believe me, everybody that meets Bijan loves him. I mean, you know, you want to put your arm around him and you want to go to war with him. Like, there's no question. But, like, I am I happen to have a great deal of respect for running backs in general. Uh, Nick Chubb is averaging 5.2 yards a carry in the NFL five straight years in a row. He's a monster. He is a phenomenal. It still bugs him, Carl, that his rookie year, he finished with 996 yards. And one of his last, I think his last game was against Pittsburgh that year, and he had a negative run that knocked him below 1,000 yards. He, he couldn't sleep at night the whole offseason. Like, we've seen him the longest run in Cleveland Brown history is Nick Chubb. Aaron Jones in Green Bay was a fifth-round pick. Aaron Jones has scored 60 touchdowns mm. in the last six years. Like, he, he's a, he's a point-scoring machine. He never misses a hole. He's phenomenal. Um, Derrick Henry. I mean, just Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. Like, none of these guys are – well, except for McCaffrey. None of these guys are first-round picks. Right. Aaron Jones is a fifth-round pick. Like, to me, they're all proving that they're kind of generational talents. You can pretty much guarantee that at the end of next year, Aaron Jones is still going to average over five yards a carry. You know, you're going to – Derrick Henry is still going to run 90 yards for a touchdown next year. I, I just – you know, Brees Hall was a great talent coming out last year. He couldn't finish the season. Like, the, the injury rate – to these, to that position, and look at Saquon. The injury rate is ridiculous, Carl. And so, they might have him ranked as a top ten talent, top five talent. I don't deny that. You know, I mean, 20 pounds, four, four, six, forty, but all that stuff that really doesn't really make any difference. 
you know, it's production that all that matters. And styles make mm -hmm. fights. Styles make running backs. And so, you know, Nick Chubb is 230 pounds. He just runs through contact. He is a great, great player. Um, maybe as good as anybody in this whole business. Uh, you could just start ripping some of these guys off. But look where Zeke is at right now. Zeke doesn't have a job. That's right. In 2016, Zeke, like, he just ran through the NFL. He can't do that anymore. You know, and, he, and we're not that long removed. And so Bijan might be – I just – I mean, I, I can see – they like in Philadelphia here, Carl, they're like, Bijan at 10. Put yeah. him in an offense. Yeah, yeah. going to be super unstoppable. <laughs> well, all right. I don't know. Like, Rashad Penny, I don't know what he's going to be, but he's averaged six yards of carry in the NFL when he's healthy. Uh, you know, they got three guys there that all can play. Gainwell's a really good player, and Boston Scott just destroys the New York Giants every time he plays them. The, the, the risk-reward car. Okay. And the money that you pay a top-ten pick. Yep. Like, you have to factor that in. And this isn't money ball. This is just, like, almost common sense at that position. So, Baldy, you're right. The financial commitment teams make to a top-ten pick at that position. And, and normally what's going to happen, guys, I mean, Saquon's going through this right now. He got franchise tag. They don't want to pay him. They don't want to pay him $15, 20000000 million a year. So you you draft a guy in the top 10, you commit $25, 28000000 million, whatever it's going to be, it's slated. And then you get to a point where in the fourth year, you're probably thinking about drafting another running back because of what Baldy's talking about. There is a high risk reward to this. Even if he is special, you're probably going to get the best years in this first deal in the first five years. When you get to year six, seven, eight, it gets dicey. So, well, I mean, look, I mean, Saquon's the perfect example here because that's what people are comparing. Sure. To to. They're, they're comparing him to Saquon. And the Giants are saying, we're not giving him a second contract. If he goes out and runs for 1,500 yards this year, we, we might. But, you know, anything short of just superhuman, like, uh, numbers this year, he might be franchise tagged again next year. And really, anybody could have come after Saquon. Nobody did. Nobody picked up the phone and called, you know, his super agent right there and said, you know, Chicago Bears needed a running back. They they had all these picks, you know, from the trade. They they could have made it, a, a, you know, a, a trade for him. It's just, I remember when Aaron Jones was up for um, two years ago and people thought, okay, if he hits free agency, he was my number one free agent. And Green Bay did pony up and they paid him. And he stayed. But get to the second contract with these guys. I mean, look at McCaffrey. McCaffrey looked all world San Francisco this year. We love Christian McCaffrey. But he had two years where he was on the shelf in Carolina. Oh, yeah. Two years. And, and they had paid him. After he had 400 touches the one year where he was just everything in the offense. And, you know, 100 catches and all this stuff that he did. And then he had two years where he was just on the shelf. And it's just a reality. And so I, you cannot legislate against injuries. And at that position, um, we see these backs go downhill, you know, really, really quickly. And, and you have to, you have to fact that in, but like the fact that the giants aren't willing to just reward Saquon for being a generational talent and being, you know, the face of the organization along with Daniel Jones, whatever, like, it's just, it's business. It's just business. You know who I really like uh, and he'll go later in this, in this draft Ty J. Spears out of Tulane. Mm -hmm. I really like this kid. I know. Uh, 
he he might be one of these steals you're talking about later in the draft, Baldy. And if you didn't watch any Tulane football, first of all, they were really good this year. Mm-hmm. Secondly, he was a big part of why they were good offensively. And I think I think he might be one of these running back steals. I really do. Well, you watch him against didn't one Tulane's last game against USC. Crushed him. He ran through USC. Crushed him. But crushed him. But like, look at the, you know Israel Abanaconda at a pit. Yes. No, here's a 220 pound back runs a four four one. He's faster than Bijan. They didn't have you know Kenny Pickett. They didn't have Jordan Addison this year, and he put up fifteen hundred yards at Pitt. You know, um, and you watch him run, you go, that looks like an NFL running back to me. Mm. He's built like one, like he pushes the pile. Like he's got breakaway speed. I, I go, is he like, I don't know. Like you, can you get him in the third round? Probably, probably get him. That's probably the sweet spot for him right now, but you, you probably get yourself a starting running back right now. And so that's the thing is that there's just such a, a, a choice out there, you know, like who would have <laughs> yeah. thought that Pacheco would have been a seventh round pick in Kansas city. Almost. A, I think it was a compensatory seventh round pick you know, becomes the starting running back on a Super Bowl winning team and play lights out good. It's uh, it's going to be one of the interesting things we see happen in this draft. If if Bijan is not a top 10 pick, I don't think anybody is surprised. If he is, I think more people will be surprised. All right, one other thing we want to get to real quick. Real before quick, we- Carl, before you get to it, I just want to say, like, we, we talked about two guys, that, you know, at length here. Yeah. Anthony Richardson and Bijan Robinson. Sure. The draft is 13 days a week. To me, the the biggest stories right now going into this draft is where is Anthony Richardson going, mm-hmm. and where does Bijan Robinson get drafted? I, I, I don't, to me, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, right. Anderson, like Jalen Carter, like those. To me, thirteen days out, those are the two biggest names that's going to drive this first round of the draft. I, I totally agree. And when you look at the top seven, right, Carolina, Texans, Cardinals, Colts. Seattle Lions Raiders. Okay, once you get past four, right? I mean, is is Pete Carroll going to draft a running back? No, no way, right? No way. He drafted a kid out of Michigan State last year that, you know, was a second-round pick and was an awesome player last year for him. Yeah, I just – and then you get to the Lions and you go, Dan Campbell, come on. Dan Campbell's not – he's not going to – and they have, what, Swift there. Don't think they've got Swift. They've got a couple of guys. I don't think that happens. And then the Raiders, I mean, come on. I don't believe that is the strategy. Josh Jacobs, the only guy in rushing last year. So that's what I'm saying. You get past four and you go five, six, seven. Falcons aren't doing it, are they? And then you say, okay, so wait a minute. Now to your point, you get to the Eagles at 10. And the Eagles have the benefit of, because of drafting well and free agency – they could roll the dice. And I'm with you. Those, to me, are the two biggest stories. The Anthony Richardson thing, <laughs> I think people are going to think it's a reach when it happens because nobody thinks he's good enough to go in front of Will Levis or CJ or any of these other and, – and to your point. So I'm with you. Those two stories are, are enormous. Uh, Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you. I just want to mention this. We'll talk more about it uh, as we, we get past the draft, but – we were talking about head coaches that need success, guys that need to, to you know, maybe get there and get over the hump. All right, I'm just going to throw a couple at you, and we don't know how the draft's going to play out, but Sean McDermott, right, Bills, the uh, Chargers, 
right, with their quarter or their head coaching situation, Brandon Staley. These are guys that come to mind that they got they have really good teams, Baldy, but they haven't gotten there. Is there any extra pressure? Because two here's the deal, guys. Belichick and Mike Tomlin and Pete Carroll, these are long tenured guys. They don't have any pressure or extra amount of pressure on them to win. But I do think some of the guys that we've been talking about and, and the new guys don't either. I mean, listen, D'Amico Ryans is not going to have pressure in year one. He may in year three, but not right now. So is Ron Rivera one of those guys? I mean, who do you think, Baldy, as we start to look past the draft, you say, all right, look, it's happened. You got your players. Now, well, what are you I mean, do? I, I wouldn't go any further. Not my you know, putting anybody under spotlight here on April, you know, 14th. But, you know, what is Mike McCarthy's future if the Cowboys make the playoffs and are one and done? Like, I mean, he's calling plays this year. Kellen Moore's gone. It's his offense. Um, you know, how patient is Jerry Jones going to be with Mike McCarthy? Mm. If he feels like he's got, especially if they, you know, strike some gold in the draft and they've drafted really well. Um, if they're just bounced out by the 49ers or the Eagles or something like that, I, I, you know, I mean, I love Mike McCarthy personally. Um, I think he's, you know, a, a special guy. I've just known him a long time. But, I mean, how patient can you be in Dallas? It's the number one franchise in this whole business. It is. And, you know, uh, there is – Troy Aikman actually reminds me of this every once in a while when I talk about the Cowboys. Like, it's been a long drought, you know, <laughs> since they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know I mean, it's, it's yeah. going to be almost 30 years now. So, um, that's, that's a long time for a franchise that drives – this entire industry. All right. While we're talking about that, and then and then we're, we're going to get out of here, and we're back with more draft conversation next week, guys, more stuff about the NFL. It's all things NFL in the huddle here on this podcast. Is he taking on too much? Remember when McCarthy got there, and he was like, hey, I'm going to be an ambassador, and I'm going to dick, you know, I'm going to let my guys do their job. Now, all of a sudden, he wants to take all of this on. I get it. It's like your last chance, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'd rather bet on me than bet yeah. on somebody else. Yep. But Baldy, is he taking on too much? Well, there's a lot of guys that that do that job. I mean, Kyle Shanahan comes to mind, Sean Mc, you know, McVay. Like, there's a lot of guys that do that job, um, and they do it really well. So, you know, Andy Reid's head coach. He's the play caller for the most part. Uh, Eric Bannerman certainly had a, a role in it. But, you know, Andy's got the chart in his hand. Guys could do it. And, you know, Mike has been a good play caller. So I don't believe he's taken on too much. Um, you know, he's done that before for a long time in Green Bay. Uh, he backed off in Dallas, and I thought he was making a mistake, to be honest with you. I, I didn't feel like Kellen Moore had proved himself mm. um, before Mike got there uh, to that degree. So I, I think he's – he's. Uh, but I but I, I, I agree with your point. Like, if I'm going to – if I'm going to uh, – Get advanced into the playoffs. I want to do it my way. I want to be the play caller. I want to design the offense. I want to install the offense. I want to stand up in front of the room and tell everybody what we need to do to win on Sunday, you know, on our Wednesday meeting. So I, I don't believe he's taking on too much right now. All right, my man. Always good to talk with you. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to be seeing a lot of Baldy on NFL Network leading up to the draft, guys. So make sure you check him out. And we'll be back to talk more about the draft. And listen, teams are having their visits. They get 30 visits. They're talking to all these guys. The, the draft boards, most of them still in pencil. But by next week, some things are going to start changing because you got to start focusing in on 
if this happens and then what we're doing. Well, the big thing right now, Carl, is medicals are still coming in. Yep. You know, all of the security, you know, stuff on the players, you know, background checks and everything are coming in. And so the boards are basically set. But, you know, the medical can certainly flip it out. I remember um, just two years ago, Trey Smith out of Tennessee, who has started every game since he got drafted in the sixth round. I mean, he had medical flags on him with these blood clots in his leg going back to his Tennessee days. And I knew teams personally that took him off the board. Like it's too, it's too much of a risk. Now Kansas City spent a six round pick on him. He was six round goal. Um, so th that's a big part of what's going on. There's still uh, interviews being taken place. Guys are still traveling, talking. So the interviews, the medical and the, the security backgrounds right now are kind of the final components to really set in their boards. Can't wait. Draft is, uh, you said it, 13 days away now. So we'll see, guys. We're back with you guys uh, next week. And make sure you subscribe, guys. In the huddle, like us, tell your friends about us. Baldy, have a great day, brother. We'll yep. talk soon. Okay, Carl. All the best, man. Thanks.